Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode number 137 of ADHD for Smartass Women. How are you doing? I hope really well. We're in the middle of summer, aren't we? So I am going to start with some ADHD for Smartass Women Apple Podcast Reviews. Thank you so much for those of you that take the time to post your review. It helps us get the word out so that we're able to help more listeners just like you. So let's start with Nerd Turtle. And the title is Literally Changing the Trajectory of My Life for the Better. A few years ago, I stumbled on an article about smart girls with ADHD, and it struck a chord with me. But since I couldn't find anything else on the subject, I eventually let it go. I found this podcast randomly about eight months ago and related to nearly every single symptom. I was diagnosed about five months ago at the age of 30 when I could no longer compensate for the demands of my life after having my second kid. I've started medication, which has helped my work and learning about ADHD emotional dysregulation is helping my marriage. Thank you, Tracy, for this podcast. I listen in the car almost every day and go back to listen to old episodes to remind me of what I've forgotten, which is quite a lot. LOL, you and me both. I wish I could give more than five stars. Well, thank you so much for your kind words, Nerd Turtle. Then we have one from Chelsea K. And the title is, She's the ADHD Role Model I've Needed in My Life. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Chelsea. After listening to a few other podcasts focused around ADHD, I stumbled across Tracy's podcast. To give some background, my mom passed away four years ago. I'm so sorry. If it isn't hard enough to have ADHD as a young woman, it was nearly unlivable without the one person in the world who understood me and my intentions. Since then, So for four years now, I have been lost in this fog of feeling like what is wrong with me. I thought much of it was just the trauma of losing my mom. 
After learning a lot about ADHD, I had begun to understand that what I was experiencing was my diagnosis and not a character flaw. I just no longer had the support that I had when my mom was alive. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? That being said, I truly didn't know what to do with that as I had no one in my life to support me as I am without discouraging the parts of me that weren't so typical. Having Tracy through this podcast has given me back the confidence in myself by opening me to this powerful community of successful ADHD women. I can't even begin to find the words to, I think she means to just say how much I needed this in my life. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I am so happy that my work and our work in the ADHD community with ADHD for Smartass Women, the group, has made a difference in your life. I really, really appreciate your kind words. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? So this podcast was inspired by one of my wonderful AOK students. Her name is Cecilia. This is a brilliant woman, double Ivy, which I guess means that you have two Ivy League degrees, like one is not enough. Sounds so ADHD, doesn't it? Anyway, she was struggling to get a storage space cleaned out, and she reached out to me, which is so ADHD, right? We have these amazing brains, but then we struggle with the basic boring stuff. You know how I feel about this, right? We're just too smart for this kind of mindless, useless drudgery, right? Or I should say mindless, useless, I learn nothing by doing this over and over and over again kind of drudgery. So one of the words that Cecilia used really made me sit up and take notice, and that was the word force. She said, I just have to force myself to do it. And all the bells and whistles went off. And it became very clear to me that that's exactly what so many of us say to ourselves. And that's why we struggle so much with these everyday kinds of mundane tasks. It also made me realize how basic our ADHD brains are when it comes to getting things done that we don't want to do. And if we lighten up and figure out a way to make things as simple and, dare I say, fun as possible, it's just all so doable. So the question really is, how can I make this as easy as possible? So what I decided to do here is make this podcast as short as I can because I know what happens when I go into too much detail, right? My brain is your brain. I forget what the most important point is that I need to employ to actually get into action. So what happens is my very simple message, it gets lost, and I don't want that to happen, especially not for this specific podcast. So the first thing that I want to share with you is a little bit of information around the question, what about my brain makes it difficult for me to do these boring, predictable, mundane tasks? So in a study, they took kids with ADHD and kids without ADHD, and they put them in front of a computer. Now, I know when my son was tested for visual spatial challenges, they gave him some permutation of the same test. And the kids were told that when they saw a dot on the computer, they were to click the mouse. So when the dots appeared randomly, there was no difference in the two groups' performance. However, when the computer dots were consistent, predictable, like every couple of seconds, the kids knew when the dots were going to show up 
and the response times and consistency of the kids without ADHD improved, and the response times and consistency of the kids with ADHD actually got worse. So why was that? Because those of us with ADHD brains were great in situations that are unpredictable and novel, but often terrible at anything that is predictable and routine. Those situations cause our brains to wander, to glitch, and seek variable, novel, unpredictable situations. So what we do is we try to corral our boredom, right, by looking for anything else that we can possibly do besides that, right? Besides cleaning out the storage locker or getting the dishes done or making sure our kids' lunch is packed or doing that boring administrative task in our job. We're not lazy. We're not character flawed. We're not being stubborn. Okay, sometimes we are. (laughs) We're just bored because that's the way our brains are built. The inattention, which can lead to a lot of mistakes, is exactly due to this predictable routine. Our brains literally disengage without novelty, creativity, challenge, fun, risk, and adventure. So when you apply this to any aspect of life, whether you're talking about your job, your relationships, managing money, you can see why when things get boring, we either walk away or we add an element of risk. So we don't walk away. We try to fire our own dopamine. But guess what? There's a third thing that we can do which is so much more helpful. We can pause. We can connect to our interests and intention, meaning if there's something we really want to accomplish, understanding why we need to do X and then figure out how we can actually get it done rather than just giving up. How do we do that? Well, in order to work for our ADHD brains, whatever we employ has to be, number one, simple. Number two, it has to include a system or a structure. And number three, it has to generate positive emotion. So what generates positive emotion? Well, remember the study with the dots on the computer screen that we just talked about? Yeah. Number one, fun, which includes humor and creativity. Number two, things that we're interested in. What else generates positive emotion? Number three, novelty, adventure. Number four, things that challenge us, right? We like competition. We like risk. And number five, one that we're probably somewhat familiar with, deadlines. Many of us have survived for a while on deadlines, right? We wait until the very end to get that spike of dopamine and bring it home just under the wire. I know you can relate, right? And this is the thing. We can do that for a while, but over time, jacking up our cortisol levels, the stress hormone after all, it really does a number to our nervous system, which in turn affects not only our emotional health, but our physical health as well. So let's focus on numbers one through four. And kind of put number five to bed for a bit, since we already know how that one works, right? So this is the deal. We don't have Nike, just do it kind of brains. 
But if we weave these five areas, four areas, let's say, into what we're trying to get done, we can actually spike our own dopamine, which is very effective. And this is the thing, you don't need all four at one time. Sometimes one of them with a simple structure is enough to generate positive emotion that gets the job done. So the first thing that Cecilia and I worked on was lightening everything up and simplifying. Rather than moving that, I'm going to devote one solid weekend to the storage space, you know, that to do, rather than moving it from one week of your list to the next, Cecilia decided to drop by her storage locker after dinner for 15 minutes just to stake out the situation. And you know what? She came back and she said, you know, Tracy, it wasn't as big of a project as I originally thought. So then what she did is the next day, she spent 20 minutes, she went down to the storage locker and spent 20 minutes creating a simple list of what needed to be done. Then she broke it down into the smallest pieces. Then she spent the rest of the week dropping by for 15 to 30 minutes and brought items back to her apartment. Every single action she made to move this project forward, Cecilia paid attention to how good she felt, how proud she was of herself for accomplishing each small task. Before she knew it, she was done. Easy peasy. Why? Because she didn't make a big, hairy deal about it. She made it simple. She made it light. And she adopted our number one positive emotion strategy, fun. The goal was to make her laugh maybe even to poke a little fun at the whole situation and stop those negative voices from chiding her by asking questions like, how could you be wasting all this money every month by keeping a storage space that you don't even need? Why can't you do this? Why are you so lazy? What is wrong with you? You know the routine, right? We talk to ourselves like we'd never talk to anyone else. What I also shared with Cecilia was that What really works for me to lighten everything up and make it much more fun is the Frank Sinatra song, Nice and Easy. It's an old classic, and the chorus goes like this. The problem now, of course, is to simply hold your horses to rush would be a crime because nice and easy does it. Nice and easy does it. Nice and easy does it every time. (laughs) I can't believe I just did that, but I did. I haven't sung since my daughter started singing because she's actually really good. Anyway, I realize that I'm totally showing my age here, although this song was way before my time as well. But in the 90s, these old classics had a rebirth, so I played them often. Regardless, it's what I've been singing to myself for as long as I can remember every time I feel stuck and or overwhelmed. And Cecilia reported back that it's now what goes through her head as well instead of the nasty tongue lashing that she used to give herself. And I want it to go through your head now too. But first remember, number one, we need to make it simple. Number two, we need to give it a structure like a to-do list, right, that we break down into the very smallest components so we can feel those spikes of dopamine every time we check something off of our list. And then number three, we need to figure out how to generate even more positive emotion. And what I like to do, and now what Cecilia likes to do, is to keep it light and easy, just 
like this. Let's take it nice and easy It's gonna be so easy For us to fall in love Hey baby, what's your hurry? Relax and don't you worry We're gonna fall in love We're on the road to romance That's safe to say But let's make all the stops along the way The problem now of course is To simply hold your horses To rush would be you crying nice and easy does it every time Along the way The problem now of course is To simply hold your horses To rush would be a crime Cause nice and easy does it Nice and easy does it Nice and easy